This program is sponsored by Wicked, Chronic, and Natick, Massachusetts. Located at 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. Welcome to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast, and Merry Christmas, and Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year to everybody, as this is our holiday episode for the year, our third holiday episode, and my second, with my lovely and talented co-host, Mel Heflin. Hey, that's me. And tonight, we will be discussing the Season 5 episode, The Real Ghostbusters. Mel Heflin has the episode synopsis for us. Dean and Sam are at a supernatural convention where they meet lots of fans of the supernatural, but after a while, they get the impression that something is not right at the location of the convention. The music that you're hearing, by the way, is from the cartoon series, The Real Ghostbusters. Why was it called The Real Ghostbusters and not The Ghostbusters, Mel Heflin? I'm not sure. Okay, so long story short, there was another property called Ghostbusters that CBS and uh, Columbia TriStar uh, borrowed the name from. And when the Ghostbuster movie was so successful, the company who owned the name, the rights to the Ghostbusters, wanted to continue with their Ghostbuster franchise that was started in the 70s about two guys and a monkey who hunted ghosts. So they created a cartoon series. Dick Entertainment, who was responsible for Inspector Gadget along with many other cartoons in the 80s, wanted to go ahead with a syndicated and Saturday morning cartoon series called Ghostbusters. In order to differentiate the two, they had to call theirs The Real Ghostbusters, starring Egon and Winston and you know so on and so forth with Slimer. Basically the long story short behind why we had Ghostbusters and The Real Ghostbusters. So that way The Real Ghostbusters was always associated with the the film that we know and love. And the music we're playing tonight, you can hear in the background, is actually from that cartoon series. And is one of my favorite cartoon series ever. Actually, all the entire series was 142 episodes that lasted from 1986 to 1991. That is quite the haul for a cartoon series. Yeah, it is. And it came in five steel books and a box set that looked like the firehouse. Nice. And of course, the episode is referencing the fact that Sam and Dean Winchester are the real Ghostbusters, and all these cosplayers are driving them a little crazy. It's kind of like the 200th episode where they go to the musical with the old girls' school. Yeah. 
And of course, we meet Chuck again, who by now we all know is, of course, God playing the fool, <laughs> you know, because God is one one of us, if not a slob like one of us. <laughs> now, it makes your question though. Do you think Becky is also some kind of, uh, you know, mystical person? You know, maybe she's a manifestation of God. Or did you think that she was just some chick God eventually banked? Man, I hate Becky. Yeah. She, she reminds me of too many people that I have met personally, just absolutely fan creams. <laughs> right, right. And we're actually going to have, uh, I'm going to call him up now. We're going to have a resident Ghostbuster on the show with us that while we talk about hauntings at hotels. I think that's what we were going to focus on, right? As well as maybe there's a convention or two that's been haunted. We can find out from Brandon. He's the resident Ghostbuster. But Mel and I will have our own facts with Brandon as well. And we'd like to thank Mel for getting us, Brandon, as he uh, he is a friend of hers. Yeah. All right, I'm going to add him to the call. See if I can. You know who I could have probably reached out to that could have come on the show as well? I didn't even think about that. Uh, supermodel cosplayer, sexy as hell, uh, Leanna Vamp. Hmm. Do you know her? Does she hunt ghosts? Yes. Her and her husband do. You should look her up, uh, Mel, uh, real quick. You would... Definitely like her look and attitude. Oh, two of three in the Oh my god. Brandon? Yes. Hey, how hey. are you? How are you, man? Good, good. Brandon, thank you for coming on the show with us. Uh, yes, why don't you, thank you introduce yourself and tell the audience who's unfamiliar with you and your organization and your work what you do? Yeah, my name is uh, Brandon Alvis. I'm the founder of the American Paranormal Research Association. Uh, I founded the organization in 2006 to solely investigate historical locations across the United States. Uh, I've investigated well over 100 locations. Um, in my time, I've been lucky enough to comprise a panel of various professionals from technical industries that are uh, of assistance in helping me prove or disprove the data that we collect and trying to prove the existence of a life after death. You know, I got into this whole thing at a very young age. In 1995, I lost my oldest brother to cancer. And in 2004, I lost another brother to suicide. So that kind of sent me on my journey into the unexplained. And uh, I've been out here for 12, almost 13 years now trying to uh, collect data to show people that there are unexplainable things that go on. Um, I love it. Quick quick question, just so you can... um... Uh, we we can uh, relate to your plight. Um, you, uh, d- you you said you lost two brothers. Correct. Yeah. Do you have Do you have other siblings? I do. Yeah, I'm the youngest of seven children. Actually. Oh my oh god! My wow, gosh, that's awesome. That's that is that's quite the family. <laughs> um, I'm uh, the oldest brother, but the middle child, but with my steps. Uh, so I, I consider my stepsister Deborah to be uh, more like my sister because she has been a uh, a great family member, despite our our mutual parents being kind of pains in the butt. So um, I, I definitely consider her to be like a sister. And um, I myself have had problems with uh, depression and suicide and recently found out behind my uh, hernia, which is being operated on, I have a tiny benign tumor they're going to take out. Man, well, that's unfortunate. Hopefully that all uh, works out for you. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, no, but they said that they're going to be, like, doing extra work. Uh, They found it. They said it's fine. It's okay. But while they're in there, they're just going to remove it as well. And I was like, oh, well, since you're you're digging around in my guts, sure. Anything else you want to maybe go, oh, hey, what's this? Piece of unprocessed (laughs) meat. Oh, what's this? A piece of glass that probably shouldn't be in him. (laughs) Um, But uh, so I've... uh, 
I, I, I understand your your plight and uh, all my condolences to your family. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, and um, hopefully it all works out for you. But yeah, you know, it was uh, something that really changed my life. You know, changed the things that the way I, I mean, at a very young age, learning about something like that, it really uh, changes your outlook on things. And having to learn about death at such a young age, it really uh, changes changes you. You know, looking into things and understanding that uh, there is a possible existence of life after death. That's really uh, what sent me out to do all this. I'm gonna I'm gonna break your heart, Brandon. Um, I've said this on my podcast many a times, and Mel and I have joked about it. I do not believe in ghosts, but I do a podcast I... connected to the supernatural, even if it is to a TV series called Supernatural. We do do a I do a podcast about the supernatural, but unfortunately, don't have a lot of belief in the in the spirits. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh, again, so one of the people I work with in my organization is a man named Dr. Harry Clore. He's the only person in history to receive two PhDs simultaneously in any discipline, and uh, he is of your belief. Uh, he, he, I don't know if he would necessarily say he doesn't. You know, he would never believe that there's something that exists out there beyond death. But uh, uh, we're lucky enough to work with people like Dr. Harry Clore and going into situations and trying to prove these things credibly or trying to find some form of data that we can provide to the public as well as the scientific community to say, hey. There is something unexplained going on. So, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. The majority of people I work with and try and, uh, you know, get, you know, consultation, try and get ideas from are people that do not believe. So I understand where you're coming from with that. Now, the episode that we're talking about, the real Ghostbusters, as we explained before you came on, Sam and Dean go to a convention at a hotel where Supernatural, the convention is happening based on books about them written by... Um, a prophet who we later find out is actually the Lord himself, God. But have you ever encountered, uh, before we get into hotel hauntings, which there are probably numerous of, have you ever encountered a haunting at a convention before? Like a comic book convention or or, a, or even a supernatural, supernatural occult convention, not a supernatural TV convention? Let's. No, no. I would say no. You know, again, uh, with my organization and my research over the years, uh, I've probably been in a place, maybe five or six different places out of the hundreds I've been to, uh, that I could say that have activity. So no, I have not experienced anything at a convention like that. Mel, have you been in a hotel that's had a haunting before? Oh, yeah, man. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, one of which would be probably the RMS Queen Mary uh, in Long Beach, uh, which started out as a luxury cruise ship. Uh, has a significant World War II history, but is now a Hilton hotel, as funny as that is. But uh, I would have to say off the top of my head, that would be a location that is very significant when it comes to hotels. So the ship was... We're talking about a ship, right? Correct, yeah. And it was turned into a hotel. Yes, yeah. It sits in Long Beach today, and it is a Hilton hotel, funny enough. But again, it was uh, part of the Cunard White Star Line, which was uh, the same builders of the Titanic, uh, was a luxury cruise ship for a number of years, uh, was taken over and used by the Allies during World War II, uh, was referred to the, as the Grey Ghost. Uh, Hitler uh, actually said anyone that sank that, according to his U-boats, if they sank that ship, that they would get, be given a million dollars. And, and uh, so there was a very specific pattern that the Queen Mary would have to uh, have to use. So it was called a zigzag pattern. And they actually collided with a English ship uh, during World War II, and there was a significant amount of, you know, loss of life. And not only that, there was a lot of troops that died on the ship, a lot of passengers, 
during the luxury days. Uh, but now it sits as a hotel. Now you said uh, the Grey Ghost. Uh, I just I immediately thought of this, of course. The night, a silent crusader carries the torch of justice. Those with evil hearts, beware. For... That's the uh, the intro to the Great Ghost from the Batman the Animated Series, as played by the late oh. great, as played as played by <laughs> as played. I thought it sounded familiar. As played by the late great Adam West, who played Batman, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, in here in Massachusetts, um, not to get on the topic of ghost ships, by the way, just because that's a whole other episode we will get to eventually. Um, I don't know if we've covered... Did we cover ghost ships yet, Mel? Nope. No, okay. So, whole other episode. But we actually have uh, the USS Salem here that has a bunch of ghost haunting tours type stuff around Halloween, uh, I believe is haunted. So maybe we'll have you back on that about that if you've ever actually toured that before. I have not toured it, but I'm very familiar with the ship. Gotcha. Now, the the hotel from The Shining is also haunted, right? That's what they say, yeah. The Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. But only the, the exterior Did you say the Stan Lee Hotel? Stan Lee, yes. Stan, Lee. Stan Lee. Oh, 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 oh okay. I was going to say, yeah, Excelsior, like, true believer! <laughs> exactly, exactly. But no, this is the, the Stan Lee, uh, which was the uh, steamer, Stanley Steamer, the, uh, the original vehicles that were produced by it the Stanley family, but uh, uh, only the exterior was used for the shots in The Shining, and all the interiors were actually shot in uh, Yosemite, uh, at a, the Grand Lodge in Yosemite, but yeah, they do say that the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado is haunted, and uh, there's a, you know, numerous stories associated with that place. Now, in the episode, as most episodes of Supernatural, Sam and Dean salt and burn the bones in order to get rid of the spirit who they think is causing all the problems. Little do they know, it's psycho kids who have scalped other children because they're crazy who are causing all the problems. Um, would, salt and, would, would salt and burning the bones really do anything to get rid of a bad spirit? <laughs> uh, you know, that's uh, beyond my understanding there. You know, I'm more of a guy that goes into a location and tries to document, you know, observe and report. Uh, so, you know, someone else out there that has different belief system might say something like that, but uh, not to my knowledge. Uh, what's funny is there's two actresses who play the uh, the villain in question until we find out the truth. Uh, Letitia Gore. There is uh, Crystal Lowe, who has been on several CW productions like Smallville as well as Final Destination, um, and has always kind of played, like, that kind of sexy girl, um, and a lot of different things. And then we also had uh, Tegan Ray Avaloto, who really has no career beyond a couple short films, and then this one episode of Supernatural playing this ghost. And then we also uh, we also have like the the many little ghost children, who there's apparently like three of them who are all grown up now, and are basically like the bad guys for this episode. Uh, who have been in various productions from iZombie to The Whisperers to Tomorrowland to also, again, Smallville. In fact, one of the uh, one of the children in this episode actually played young Lex Luthor in several episodes of Smallville. Okay, since we got on the subject of Letitia Gore, um, I actually wanted to bring up that Gore Orphanage is actually a local legend in northern Ohio. Oh. It's um, supposedly a haunted ruin near the city of... Vermilion, Ohio, um, and 
there's a ton of local legends surrounding it. Violent deaths of young adults and children allegedly have occurred there. Yikes. And it's said that supernatural activity has been surrounding the building since its closure. Uh, have you ever been to this location, Brandon, that she's talking about? I have not. No, it uh, definitely sounds like an intense place, though. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring up that uh, apparently Letitia Gore, who owned the orphanage, there is an actual Gore orphanage that I believe that this episode could have been partially based on. Are ghosts usually linked together, like, in the origin of these ghosts in this episode? Actually, you know what? Like, when you think about Supernatural and you think about uh, the way they go about writing their episodes and whatnot, I think that they do follow a, you know, a certain specific idea or ideology of lore through, like, different communities, different places like Ohio, different communities that have all these local legends. I think that they do follow some of those legends and, like, idea of what ghosts are supposed to be associated with type of history that are said to create a haunting. So I do think that, uh, you know, when it comes to Supernatural, I do think that they follow those things pretty closely. Have you ever encountered, um, like, a murder story before of, like, uh, learning that it was, in fact... Um, okay, let me rephrase my question. Have you ever encountered a story like the one in Supernatural where you think uh, the murder was caused by one person, but due to, I don't know, maybe you found some evidence or something that led you to find the true killer and it might have had some supernatural involvement to help you find that evidence have you ever heard of that type of thing before you know uh, i did i was lucky enough in 2009 to investigate the Velisca axe murder house in Velisca, iowa which Ooh. is uh one of america's you know oldest unsolved cases oldest cold cases uh eight people were killed in their beds as they slept with an axe six of those being children wow um, i was lucky enough to you know investigate the location and spend a, a night there and we actually did capture a few things that were pretty strange that led uh to believe us to believe as well as other people that investigated the, the location over the years that some of the reports initial reports were not correct uh, again this was a different time this was 1912 when this happened uh so the investigation was pretty botched because before any investigators could actually get on location, the entire house was ransacked and people all around the neighborhood were walking through looking at the bodies. Oh so, my God. Yeah, it's a pretty macabre situation. Uh, but so the, uh, the police report that was written is not the most accurate, uh, but we did capture, capture a few things that, that lead us to believe that what they think happened is not actually what really happens. That's crazy. Do you remember the movie um, Mel and Brendan um, Stir of Echoes starring Kevin Bacon? Nope. Oh, yeah. Mel, you have that. never seen Stir of Echoes? No, I've never even heard of this one. Oh, my God. Brendan, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kevin Bacon moves into this house, and they find you know, a body in the basement buried in the wall. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And it came out like two weeks after The Sixth Sense, so I think it got drowned out by The Sixth Sense, but a lot of people who, to this day... After going back and watching The Sixth Sense, you're kind of like, uh... But the Stir of Echoes movie really still holds up. And uh, Mel, in the story, Kevin Bacon plays this guy who's a you know, suburban husband, got a new baby on the way, what not really excited about, he's an electrician, and he goes to this dinner party with his uh, wife and his uh, sister-in-law, and she, like, hypnotizes him. And doing so, and it locks a part of the human brain that allows you to perceive, like, spirits and stuff. You know, and they, oh. there's a joke even made to 
uh, the wife when they're when she's following her son through a graveyard that can like he the son also has this ability too that it's kind of like wow. a sixth sense uh, yeah. saying and and they meet this this guy who says that uh, uh he's got the gift and she's like what about my husband not so bright <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps hearing the song painted black by the by the Rolling Stones because it leads to him to find out that he, the guy he's renting from. Uh, who plays Sam Wickwicky's father in the Transformer movies. Um, his kid and another boy were involved in an attempted rape of a of a autistic uh, idiot savant or mentally challenged... I don't know what the terminology is for what this, what this girl is. Um, and it goes badly. They don't rape her, but they accidentally kill her while she's trying to get away. Wow. And the spirit of this girl, who is severely pissed off, can't communicate her anger other than through Kevin Bacon, who's like kind of a douche most of the movie. <laughs> but he's a douche you love. This guy's kind of a butthole, but yeah, he's a butthole you could like. <laughs> you gotta find it, Mel. Trust me. I think you would really like it, especially doing this podcast and everything else you've told yeah. me about you. Yeah, I'm shocked. You, you and your mom, you said you guys are, you were thick as thieves watching Supernatural stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you heard Brandon, but um, recently, well, Friday, I actually attended the sentencing of my father. He killed my mother December 2016. A, a lot of the things that I end up that I end up saying have a little bit of a reference to what happened. Wow, wow, that's unbelievable. I'm sorry for your loss, Thanks. but man, that's uh, really unbelievable. What a thing to go through, huh? Uh, she was really into um, supernatural and. Um, spirit investigations and a lot of things like that so when she died I got a spirit box and I'm pretty sure it works because I've never heard anything on it <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly have you ever been able to make any sort of contact with either of your brothers no you know that's not something I've ever been interested in per se okay. um, again I, their deaths did lead me to get involved in trying to document uh, hauntings or ghosts, whatever you like to call it. Uh, but again, my whole idea in this whole situation with APRA and working with Dr. Harry Clore is to try and go out there and see what these unexplainable events really are. You know, is there a scientific explanation to these things? Is it something that's completely natural? You know, I think that it would be you know a bit ignorant for us to think that there aren't things that we don't understand going on. Uh, right. Especially when it comes down to, you know, I was thinking about the quote from Albert Einstein where he says that, you know, energy doesn't die, it's just displaced. You know, I'm paraphrasing yeah. there. I'm not, not sure if that's exact, the exact quote, but uh, it would be really crazy to think that, you know, all of the energy that our brains produce, we're talking about electrodes, you know, some serious yeah. stuff going on there that that would just cease to exist after someone dies. Uh, so my job and what I like to do with APRA is to go out and try and see that if these legends these pieces of history correlate whoa hold on all right let me just find out where that was 27 okay go on sorry sorry guys <laughs> okay so, uh so again so uh, so what we like to do is go out trying to see if we can correlate history with these experiences people say they have in locations to see if there is again a scientific explanation to that is there some kind of environmental condition or something that can say that these things really happen by the way, uh, Mel, uh, because it's the holiday and we are doing a holiday kind of a themed episode, unfortunately this episode obviously has no relation to Christmas or Hanukkah or the New so you're Year. you're wanting me to sing. 
No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who's in this episode and tied to one of the most famous Christmas movies ever made? No. Devin Ratray plays the gay uh, Dean Damien character. He's the chubby Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might know him best as Buzz McAllister in Home Alone 1 and 2. Kevin's older brother. That is Buzz from Home Alone. Oh my god. Yeah, so someone pointed that out to me earlier when I said we don't have a Christmas episode because we've already done Angels, we've already done the one episode of Christmas they've done in 14 years, guys. Really? You couldn't do Christmas? I know. We need some more Christmas. I mean, it took them how many seasons to finally do a second Halloween episode, which we totally missed, so we're going to do it like next year? I think they need to go investigate Santa Claus. I think they need to investigate the Easter Bunny. I'm just a huge holiday person. I think the writers of Supernatural are just terrible, and people who are just dying head over heels over everything supernatural that comes out just unfortunately don't have a big enough voice to be like hey write another christmas episode or hey how about you actually do krampus this time they oh my gosh right like the obvious one someone pointed also pointed out to me saying did you ever do the episode about the golem you could have done it for hanukkah and i said damn it i forgot about that so guess what we'll be doing next year instead of a christmas episode we'll do the golem episode where the golem is brought to life by uh uh the uh a nazi who takes control of it actually a former nazi uh, and uses it for nefarious purposes. So, but yeah. Speaking this... of Hanukkah, actually, did you know that Hallmark? I believe it's Hallmark. It's either Hallmark or Lifetime or one of those things. They're actually putting out, I believe it's three Hanukkah movies this year, and I just think that's great because I think all faiths need to be represented. Yeah, and there's also a Hanukkah horror movie coming out or it did come out but it was an independent horror movie but it's a legit Hanukkah horror movie it's a movie a horror movie that takes place during Hanukkah and actually uses the traditions of the holiday in the horror movie it's not a killer rabbi like I hoped it was going to be maybe like a rabbi who was like wrongfully accused that he comes back like an evil spirit or anything like that and he doesn't use the menorah to stab young promiscuous Jewish children (laughs) sorry teenagers played by 20 something year olds uh, he doesn't use a dreidel to dreidel into their body. No, none of the tropes of a slasher movie are being used, unfortunately. I've had this discussion with many people who come on the show that are Hollywood screenwriters or other writers of horror movies saying, why don't you write that script? I would direct that in a heartbeat about a killer rabbi during the eight days of Hanukkah killing someone every day <laughs> that's like out for revenge and a plot line reminiscent of like the fog. And I said... Um, I'm not Jewish to write that script, and I don't need the anti-Semitic backlash comments all over everything I do because they feel like it's not being represented correctly. So we will find well, a that's Jewish. That's not the truth. Yeah, so we will find a Jewish scriptwriter to do it for us. <laughs> Fair. Story by Chris Denmead, but written by and produced and directed by a lot of people who represent the religion that we don't need to worry about any type of backlash. So, Brandon, I have a question that I've always wanted to ask a paranormal investigator. I always, you know, I watch a lot of the the spirit investigation shows, and I always have. Um, 
often, like in every other episode, people are talking about haunted basements. Why are the basements what people say is haunted? Wouldn't spirits go, like, I don't imagine a spirit would haunt a graveyard. They're not, I wouldn't imagine they'd be worried about those places. I would imagine that they would go back to their favorite places. Like, I would probably end up in my kitchen because I love to bake. Something like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the whole idea of of a basement being in the most haunted portion of a location is kind of ludicrous. Uh, You know, it's really great and it translates very well on television because it's damp, it's spooky, it's cold, you know, it's... I guess it's uh, cerebral to people. I guess they see it and they're like, oh, wow, it looks spooky. Uh, but again, I, in, in all reality, uh, if we think about the idea of ghosts and, uh, you know, if there's a purpose for a ghost to be haunting the place or going back to somewhere they love, just like you mentioned, it sure as hell wouldn't be a basement. <laughs> let's, let's be honest about that. Right? So, uh, again, it's, it translates very well on television. So uh, you're going to see a lot of that because I guess it tran- you know, again, translates on television. You see it's dark it's spooky it's cold it's concrete it makes noises whatever it makes a hot water heater exactly so uh is that a location that would be haunted hey maybe there are locations that have activity that the basement has some form of activity going on but uh i think that seeing that on every episode of a of a show that's about the paranormal is uh out of the question it's so confusing why why would they would put that on there it almost makes me say like they're obviously not checking into this because I wouldn't haunt. Clearly not. Yeah, clearly not. No, no. Again, they, when you have a show that's been running for uh, 50 to a hundred episodes, I guess you got to you know, play to the base, if you will. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? Would you haunt a basement? Um, no, I would actually uh, go out of my way to haunt people that have pissed me off in life and really <laughs> F up their lives pretty badly. Um, I wouldn't uh, assault anyone in any way because I don't need to go to hell for any hashtag me too nonsense. But um, yeah, I'm sorry, totally. Like, just you, you're gonna get um, you're 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 gonna get ghosted. <laughs> Where would you haunt, Brenda? <laughs> uh, you know, um, I'm not sure really. Uh, I I hope I wouldn't haunt anywhere. You know, exactly. So that's the whole reason I'm going out and looking for these type of things. You know, to understand what exactly is going on, but I guess, you know, maybe I would hang out in a library or something to study, you know, where there's people smoking on uh, tobacco pipes and drinking whiskey or something. That sounds lovely. Uh, where, 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 uh, let me start over. Why can't a ghost just tell you where the body is instead of being all spooky? <laughs> Why can't they just say, I'm buried here? My dad killed me, or my mom killed me, or whatever, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever, 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 whatever. And any number of suspects murdered me. Here it is. Fix the problem, and I will go away. Is it it because they're so angry over being dead they can't communicate that well? I mean, good God. (laughs) You would think with all of today's technology. Right? I mean, how hard is it to, like, Bumblebee that that crap with, like, you know, like, the way Bumblebee talks in the Transformer movies, he has to use the radio and split the communication apart? That's what a ghost should do. (laughs) That just makes, (laughs) that would make a lot of sense. I imagine. Do you hear me, spirits? Are you there? 
That's what I'm doing. Give me the middle finger because I can't say it out loud. <laughs> I imagine that the next generations of spirits may be able to very easily manipulate technology. So maybe we'll see that in the the coming decades. Yeah, they'll just already they'll know. Sna- they'll snap it or tweet it or something like that. Right. Right. There's been uh, a ghost stories that that's already been happening. That this one guy's dead girlfriend not only messages him through her old Facebook profile that's been memorialized, but she'll also take pictures and send him pictures of himself. Of him. Yikes. Like, window. Yeah, it's really, really creepy story. I, I forget what it was called, but there's a story that guy's dead girlfriend messaging him through Facebook. Wow. You, you, think, you think about it, like, back in the day, people would pick up, say, like, the, you know, early 1900s to mid-1900s, they would pick up a book that would say Edwardian Ghost Stories, because, you know, it's from the generation past, or yeah. early. They would pick it up, Edwardian Ghost Stories. Oh, this is amazing. Now we're going to have millennial ghost stories where you pick up an e-book, you know, or an iPad. Right. At, uh, you know, you look at Facebook posts and uh, Facebook messages of uh, someone that has a memorial page that's sending pictures, like you said. Yeah. Um, I messaged my mom's memorial page every now and then, and I wouldn't know how I would react if I were to get a message back, or even if it just said red. I'd be like, oh my god. I wouldn't know what to do. Well, Brendan, we, um, I don't have any other questions about you know anything to do with like uh, hotel hauntings, unless there's another like uh, quick little story you got about a hotel haunting that you could probably share with us. Yeah, I actually lived in a haunted hotel for oh, two wow. and a half years. Oh, uh, well, there's a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got like, uh, let's yeah. say, I'll give, you, I'll give you like three minutes if you can give us a, a short rundown on it. <laughs> sure, absolutely. So I, I lived in a location called the Glen Tavern Inn in Santa Paula, California, which is uh, considered one of the most haunted places in Southern California. Uh, I moved in there. I uh, lived there for two and a half years. I lived in the former, uh, the maintenance man's room. Uh, it was a little apartment just off the side of the hotel where uh, he actually hung himself years prior. Wow. Um, I moved in there, lived there for a number of years. Uh, I, I experienced some things I would say that were very strange, but more so it was the way that you saw the building affect people, if that makes sense. People would yeah. come and go. Some people would live there. Some people would come in if they had any type of weakness. And I hate to use the word weakness, but... Say someone was a recovering alcoholic, per se. Mm -hmm. They move into the building, they start drinking again, very heavily. Say someone uh, was very emotional, maybe bipolar, they move in, all of those things start to come to light way more so than anywhere else they've ever been. Uh, Unfortunately, living there, uh, someone that lived on the opposite side of the building that I became very close friends with, he actually ended up committing suicide in the same manner that the former maintenance man did. And the funny thing is, not funny, but the strange coincidence is that both of them were recovering alcoholics. They move into the building, they start to drink heavy, and they both take their lives in the same manner. Wow. And before we go, it would be remiss of me to also mention what movie or movies has Mel Heflin, that we haven't talked about already, been in connected to the creature in question, whether it be a ghost haunting, she playing a ghost, being killed by a ghost, or being in a haunted hotel.
Well, I actually recently worked on a movie where I don't may forget, or may not get killed. Don't forget by... to keep it PG-13. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mel's I movies hate... sometimes tend towards the rated R or unrated type of variety, so we got to keep it clean for radio broadcasting. <laughs> so I was recently maybe may or may not be killed in this movie called The Dark Net by this thing called The Brute. The Dark Net? Is this like an asylum version of Unfriended? Um, you know what? I didn't read the entire script because I trust the people I'm filming with. I just read my part and I loved it, but I'm actually... Oh, you're just like uh, Orson Welles. You just read your part and left. <laughs> I'm actually a ghostbuster. I'm yeah. a ghost hunter in this uh, movie, and we actually, believe it or not, filmed in a hotel from the 20s. Are you a sexy ghost hunter? <laughs> when am I not? <laughs> <laughs> but do you have to wear a ridiculously stupid stripper-like costume, or are you in normal clothes? It's, it's like you knew. Yeah, yeah. I, ha I have some... Uh, I'm dressed kind of like Elvira. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something that you would not ghost hunt. And in when can you post these photos for everyone to see? <laughs> Um, did you see that short video that was put out that was like, so you want to be a cult leader? <laughs> no, post it on the, uh, post it, uh, on the, uh, the group tomorrow. I've already made a post today about our resident, uh, actor from Home Alone, so maybe I post that tomorrow. That. But yeah, I actually play a ghost hunter and may or may not get killed by a ghost. Oh, um. Very fun. Very interesting. There is, um... There is a uh, a ghost. Um, crap! Where was I going with this? All right, I forgot that part. I'll just add that out. Uh, well, Brendan, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore, where we cover the real Ghostbusters, and emphasis on you yourself actually being a Ghostbuster, a ghost hunter, a ghost paranormal investigator. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Don't forget this episode will be airing on broadcast at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the time you're hearing this, and it will be up on the RadioHorror.com website as the podcast episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore, as well as on the Radio Horror YouTube channel, hopefully before Christmas. So, Brendan, if you could also promote us, that would be fantastic to any of your group pages, social media, and stuff like that. Again, airing tonight at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, December 9th, uh, December 9th. Great, guys. Thank you again. Also, where all can we find you and APRA on the net? Yeah, you can find us at uh, APRAparanormal.com. That's A-P-R-A, paranormal.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Brendan, you have a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday and Happy New Year coming up. Definitely. Thanks again, guys. Have a good one. Have and, a good night. And Mel, you also have a uh, your first uh, Christmas now with your newborn baby. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so great. Yes, I <laughs> saw you and your husband took a romantic carriage ride, the like most ridiculously cheesy romantic carriage ride photos I saw online, which were so sweet and perfect. And oh what gosh, better Christmas so present to have this year, you have... You you seem to have a career that's like going up and up as like previously uh I I've seen you 
you know, like make legitimate complaints about like cancellation of things, but you've been like in one movie after another this year, you have a newborn <laughs> baby and the tragedy of uh, your, your, your mother's demise, your mother's death has now been put behind you. So I know best Christmas present that I've gotten so far is my father going behind bars with a life sentence. And your husband of course is in the military as well and home for the holidays too, correct? Yep. There you go. You can't ask for anything better than like those four things: booming career, healthy baby, uh, the end of a uh, the end of a tragedy, and uh, your husband home for the holidays. Oh man, it really is a good year and an awesome I hope podcast. That your Christmas is equally as awesome. Uh, we won't go into that. <laughs> um, a couple more weeks. Yeah, we'll see. Things aren't great at work. Corey broke up with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not to, to bring it, it up, right? not to bring it crashing down, but you know. Um, anyway, I do have my son. I'll be spending uh, at least the day before Christmas Eve with him. I have to work Christmas Eve, but I'll be with him the day before Christmas Eve. But he's kind of sick right now with something. That's something so, special. Yeah, it's something to look forward to. And so. children, babies. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, uh, thank you very much for joining me for this episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore. Always. And you can find us on Supernatural Creatures and Lore on the group. You can also find us on Twitter at spncreaturesandlore.com. Um, what I want for Christmas? Sam and Dean Winchester action figures. Castiel, Crowley, the whole nine yards. Where are our action figures? 14 years of this show, and we have no action figures other than, like, some incredibly expensive dolls. I mean, they're what like... I want? There's an the, Impala ornament. Yeah, there's there's the if Impala. If anybody gets that for me, message me. I'll get you my address. Oh, <laughs> you might not want to give that out. <laughs> but you're on a military base, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, you're fine. You're safe. <laughs> um, every package you receive on a military base probably goes through excruciating X-ray detail. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Let me tell you this. One time, somebody sent me chocolates, and uh, for, coming from companies, if you mail them online, you know they come with dry ice. Yep. I found my chocolates melted on the porch because they removed the dry ice. <laughs> oh, I'm quite sure they had to. I mean. There, yeah. there, there has been more than enough bad incidents at military bases. They don't want to repeat performance of it. So, right. <laughs> uh, but again, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, and we will see you all in January uh, with the next episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore in 2019. What he said. What he said. That's what. She, that's what he said. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna play out uh, the music from the extended cut of the Real Ghostbusters um, soundtrack.